everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Startups of NRF series. Today, I have Nia Singh, founder and CEO of Obsess. Obsess is a virtual store platform for experiential e-commerce. They use virtual shopping and AR technology to enable brands and retailers to set up 3D, 360-degree uh, digital stores on their websites. Really interesting stuff. And yep, this is part of the, uh, the build-out of the metaverse. Get used to it. It's coming. It's coming very fast. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. Niha, welcome to the show. I'd love to hear what you're about and what your company is and what your plans for NRF are. Great. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. So yeah, to start with introducing what Obsess is, we are an experiential e-commerce platform. What that means is that if you think about any e-commerce website today, typically you will see a grid of thumbnails on a white background and whether you're shopping for luxury fashion or beauty or home products or really anything, it's exactly the same interface as buying toothpaste on Amazon because this interface of presenting products in this database format was originally created to sell books 25 years ago. And then it somehow just got used for every product, every category, every brand. But technology has come a long way since then. And now our mobile devices and our computers have very powerful graphics processing cards on them and chips on them that can do a lot more and present information in a much more visual and interactive way. So what Obsess does is we take this traditional database-like grid interface and we convert it into a 3D virtual store format, which is basically completely visual, interactive. It's as if you are, you know, in a real store, but you're not in a real store. You're looking at it um, online. And all this technology lives on retailers' websites. So you don't have to download an app. You don't have to put on a virtual reality headset. It is basically making virtual reality and augmented reality super accessible to consumers in a way that they don't even need to think about what this technology is. They just come to a link from Instagram or from the brand's website or from their newsletter and they are launched into this experience that's very intuitive, it's visual, it's discovery-driven and interactive. And our technology is very visual, so it's definitely always hard to describe it in words. But there are two ways that you can think about it. One is we can capture physical retail stores and make them shoppable online. So we can create virtual versions of real-life retail stores. And this is a way for uh, brands and retailers to increase the ROI on their retail investment. Because if you already have a store, um, now you can actually get a much wider audience for it because people can access it online versus just only those who can go there in person. So we have a lot of customers in, from large fashion brands to beauty brands, but really now in every category from food to toys, which who we have created virtual stores in this way. And they are seeing great results. And many of them, one of our largest customers, we have 12 uh, virtual stores live with them, which are based on their physical store locations. And then the second way to think about it is that you can also create a virtual store that's completely digital and doesn't exist in real life. So here is where 3D and CGI technology comes into play, where a brand can create any type of an environment that they want. They can change it any time that they want. So we have a lot of brands who are creating these virtual flagship stores that don't exist in real life and they can get really creative with it. Consumers are really engaging with it. And yeah, so essentially where we see this technology is in the area of omni-channel experience. So for the last many years, omni-channel has been about logistics and making buying online, picking up in store and all the different combinations. But now retailers are also interested in extending the experience across all their channels. If you go to their store, you have an amazing, beautiful experience. But if you go to their website, 
you get a database. So that's what they want to change. And our platform enables them to do that. And then the last bit in terms of where we are going in the future and as the conversation around the metaverse increases, we are already in that space. But beyond enabling the virtual stores on the brand's websites, we are also going to enable them on other metaverse platforms like Roblox, Fortnite and so on so that brands can start establishing their presence, which all these platforms are inherently 3D and what we are creating already for brands is 3D so we can pretty easily essentially transfer the virtual stores that they have into these other platforms as well. So really interesting. I heard a couple of three words that that really got my attention, AR, VR, and that new term, well, new to a bunch of us, the metaverse. Your solution, are you are you just digitizing what's already in on, on the website or, or do you have to create new content that is that is VR or I'm stumbling around. So I'm not, I know I'm not saying it correctly, but I think you get my understanding. Yes. So, so what- and yeah. And in a way, you know, all these terms, like, as you said, like they are used in a lot of different ways. And oh, yes, to, uh, they are. And you have you cannot <laughs> imagine how much they're going to be used in the next six months. That, that metaverse is going to be the, the breakout buzzword for NRF without a, in my mind, without a doubt. That's all. <laughs> that's where all my money's going. Yeah, for sure. But I think also for us, because we have lived through a few of these hype cycles with these different terms, it's really ultimately about the consumer experience and the next generation of that's enabled by today's hardware. To answer your question of what we, where we see this, this going and whether brands need to create new types of content, for the most part, we can actually take existing content that brands already have in the form of product photos. Even if they don't have 3D models of their products, that's not a blocker to them creating a virtual experience on our platform. As Actually, that was One of the biggest things earlier on and when we removed that requirement is when we started getting a lot of traction because a lot of retailers don't have 3D models of their products yet. And beyond that, we can just use all existing content that they already have. And then on our end, uh, we will create under the brand's creative direction, we will create the entire 3D environment. That will be the new asset that going forward they can use across different platforms. Do you have a sense, I've asked a couple of players now that are, that I'm really beginning to try to understand the evolution of retail metaverse. Is the revenue through these metaverse platforms, is that, are you going to consider that e-commerce? Is that a separate category of revenue? Has anybody even thought through, you know, through that yet? I I don't have a position one way. Yeah, that is a good point. I don't know if we have a position on that yet, but I can tell you about how some of our customers that are large retailers are thinking about it. And I think there are two ways. So one is that some companies have created a new virtual selling group and the virtual selling group involves a lot of technologies that sort of got accelerated during the pandemic. So the 101 virtual consultations with sales concierge or the live chat platforms fall into this group or just augmented reality try-on for beauty brands. So we sit in that group for, for some of our customers, which is obviously a new group created since last year. And I think the meta revenue from other metaverse platforms falls into that group. The other structure that we have seen so far is really all of those things being handled by an innovation group. We haven't so far seen it coming into the core e-commerce group, but I think that will happen over time as these technologies become more mainstream and it's not just living in the innovation group. 
the forecast around innovation has to be a, a separate thing. For you to hit mainstream, that's got to move out of innovation. That's got to move in. But I think that really makes a, a lot of sense. And I think for us, like for our core platform, that's where we really saw the shift. Till 2019, our platform was usually part of the innovation groups. But from 2020 onwards, now we are selling directly to marketing teams, digital teams, and retail teams for the most part. But I think the newer metaverse platforms like Roblox and Fortnite, they are still living with innovation and they will probably go through the same life cycle of eventually moving to core business units. Yeah, really interesting. So that the classic analyst pigeonhole question, where then do you want your solution to sit? Is that e-commerce platforms or it doesn't have to be innovation. It has to maybe be out of that. So the analysts can begin to understand where you sit, how to, what landscape, who your competitors are. I won't ask you the the competitor question, but where do you want to sit? Yeah, so I think we ultimately sit as an e-commerce tool or as an experiential marketing tool. So those are typically our two most common. Either way, it's like ultimately the same consumer experience, but just depending on how the brand is approaching it, either the digital uh, or e-commerce team is buying our solution or the marketing team is buying our solution. And they may use it in slightly different ways, but typically we are sitting in either of those two groups. The marketing budget's what 3X, what IT is. So if you can get into the marketing budget, that sounds like a lot better strategy. <laughs> what are you saying at, at, at NRF? What's your message if I come up to the booth? Yeah, going with the metaverse theme, I think the virtual stores being an entry point to the metaverse is going to be our main message because people, as you said, like we don't, Everybody's trying to define what this is, but in a very tangible and real way, there's, we have already created 100, 100 virtual stores for a lot of retailers so far. And this technology just lives on your website. It is, doesn't require you to do anything that you're not already doing. As consumers who also don't understand Metaverse, it is just, again, a way for them to start to consume content in a more interactive 3D format especially for younger generations who are used to gaming and who know this format very well. So I think it's as brands start to explore what is this whole new thing, like virtual stores are a thing that they can do now and do very easily. And then we are already seeing engagement, conversion, average order value increases. Um, so I think that will be, you know, our main message. And we have a ton of really amazing demos. As I said, our tech is super visual. So we will definitely show you that if you come to our booth. Fantastic. Um probably know where you're, what your answer is going to be on this, but what do you, how do you see 2022 shaping up? Yeah, super excited for 2022. Personally, uh, for us as a company, we raised our Series A in June. So we have been hiring a lot and next year we are, we are ready to scale. We are going specific, specifically what we see is expanding to more verticals. So as I mentioned, we started with fashion and beauty, but then we have started seeing demand this year from a lot of other verticals. And we have done a few of them, but now we are ready to go deeper into those as well as we really feel like everywhere from media to music to appliances, we are seeing demand from all of this. Anybody who has products can use this technology to create a better consumer experience. And then also we are looking at more geographical expansion. Today, our customers are primarily in US and Europe, and we are looking to expand more in the Middle East and Asia, where we are also seeing a lot of demand. And now we have the team to back it up. 
I can't see a retail subsector that wouldn't benefit from that. I, I literally cannot. Every Anybody that has anything that you want to look at, which is literally everything, including <laughs> grocery, I would think. Yes, yeah, so, grocery. We have General Mills as one of our customers, cool. and they've created it. That, that sounds really exciting. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the, this whole real aspect of the metaverse shapes up in retail. I think we're going to take a really serious view at it. If you saw some of the stuff, well, you probably read more than I do on this subject, but some of it looks a little silly. Not the retail. I don't. I really don't want to become a, a panda and walk through whatever, but I'm very interested. In, in getting into a store and looking at things that I can't see, photography yeah. or sporting goods. Yeah. So I just think the opportunity here is just crazy. Hey, yeah. I get asked this, these two questions all the time. I'm on the, the, the advisory board for uh, the Center for Retail Transformation at George Mason University. And I have young budding entrepreneurs ask me these two questions all the time. And I give an analyst stumbly question through them, but I want a real expert on this. So let me ask you these two questions and see what you say. What advice would you give for a young entrepreneur? I would say like the company, the, for me, the most important thing is that the company that you're starting has to be something you're really passionate about. I know people look at a market opportunity and it's like something that they think is really going to grow and they start companies there. But I think then it becomes really hard as you're going through the ups and downs, as you inevitably will as a founder, if you're not passionate about the actual product. For me, like what we are doing in terms of combining visual and creative and technology are all of my passions. And every day I just love every single virtual store that we have ever created. So I feel like I would say just you have to really love the product and what you're actually selling and be passionate about it to be able to go through all of the ups and downs. Yeah, passion is really a common theme for this question. It comes up again and again. And even by some of the people that you would look yeah, look more engineering type. And, and, and as soon as I ask that question, the light goes off and the passion, passion. So it's, it's interesting. That's a really I'm, common theme. I'm an engineer theme. too. <laughs> That's a real common theme. Very common theme. Yeah. Next question. What skills do you, that you use that are really mission critical for you now? Do you wish you would have paid more attention to when you were back in college? So I don't know if back in college they teach this, but I would say sales. <laughs> so I'm an engineer and I I was a computer scientist and then I was an engineer that I moved to product, but I've always been on the engineering and product side. And as a founder, like you are selling all the time, like every almost every single conversation you are having is a pitch of some sort, whether it's to a potential customer or to investor or to a candidate who's who you want to hire. So I feel like that's really the skill set. If I had a chance to develop it before starting my own company, I would have done that. But I had to like learn it on the job. See, that's why you should have come over to the business side of, of college where we're having more fun and learning yes. all this stuff, <laughs> not, not sitting there crunching calculus all day long. Wow, great stuff. Thank you for your time. How, how do people get Yeah, you can visit us at www.obsessar.com or you can uh, email us at contact at obsessar.com. And you're, thank you so much for your time today. This is really informative. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For more info, refer to the pod notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us grow. I'm your host, Jeff Roster, analyst at large. If you want to connect, follow us on Twitter at JeffPR or at Brian Sathanation, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Visit my website at roster.retail.com or brians at editor.ai. Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.